Welcome back to the GOAT Podcast, the greatest office of all time. I'm your host, Dan Rhino, joined by Jessica Rhino. Hello. And joined via the magic of technology, since we're social distancing, by Will Lewis. Hello. Will is more than six feet away from us right now because the world is ending. 60 feet away from you, actually, currently. I think you're more than that. Yeah, a little Uh, bit. That's debatable. We could probably double it or something. So if you've been uh, listening to us as these episodes have been released, this is episode two of the Greatest Office of All Time podcast. Plug it right along. Yeah, we're uh, we're not doing too great with getting these episodes out. It's been like three weeks. (laughs) Why why is that, guys? Uh, That's because Jessica and I almost died. Oh. We uh, fell victim to the... If you're listening to this as we release this in april of 2020 if you're listening to it 10 years in the future you're probably you probably have no what are they going co- talking about coherent idea about what we're talking about about the coronavirus and covid19 but jess and i both had almost three week struggles with it and uh, we think we've got it pretty much wrapped up other than i can't smell and taste anything so very envious of of you guys as far as that goes and will has been grinding away, working like 80 hours a week as a essential employee. So uh, hats off to you. I don't want to hear those words anymore. Do you have a, a mask now? Do you have a cool mask that you can wear at work? No, no, I don't wear a mask. Oh my oh. god! I know. I'm just at this point in time. I think we're all just kind of under the assumption that we're just going to get it eventually. I'll tell you uh, what, man. It's, plus, I, or, or you might have had it already. Or know. I might have had it already, and you plus know, I'd have to shave my beard off, so that would be awkward. We but no, to, I'm. You get you one of them face shields for your beard, just like I one can of get those. A face shield. Yeah, like a paintball helmet or something. I was thinking about wearing like a full like motorcycle helmet or something. Mm-hmm. That'd, that'd be, be cool. Bad. That'd be kind of badass. No, you should get like a really cool helmet, like a Darth Vader helmet, stormtrooper or something. Yeah. (laughs) The lemons are over on that rack. (laughs) Right. But no, uh, I'm I'm surprised I'm not working right now. Currently, I'm. They sent me home today. They're like, you know what? Go home. How how many hours a week have you been working? Uh, this week I clocked in about sixty-two. That's insane. Uh, the week before was kind of about the same, 65-ish. And the store but, has, like, shortened hours, too, don't they? Um, kind of. Did you trim your hours back? Well, only by an hour. Oh. Yep, but, uh, but you guys, you guys are survivors. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're barely surviving. Uh, we made did, it. We did make it. I was touch and go there for a little while, so hopefully... It wasn't that bad. Mine, mine was pretty bad. I thought I thought it. We didn't end up in the hospital or anything. I know about ten I mean, days compar- in. I mean, relatively. Like, guys, like guys, I'm feeling a little bit better. And then, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite the roller coaster. You know, Dwight on the on the office said that we need a new plague. Uh, yeah. And then the very next episode was actually the uh, the bat episode. <laughs> Uh, somebody posted somebody posted that on Twitter today that uh, those two uh, episodes coincided with one another. So the office is a lot like The Simpsons in that they predict future events. Well, I mean, luckily right now, uh, to all you listeners out there, uh, you have 
plenty of time to go back and watch through every single episode of The Office with us. Mm-hmm. So some some of you, I know, like Jason, our friend Jason, he's he's got no he's time. essential. He's always busy. He's always busy. He's super busy. And yeah. then he also has to watch those uh, David Blaine uh, documentaries and and stuff. So that takes up a lot oh, of his time. God. But what we're going to do on this show is what we did, uh, similar to what we did on our first show, is that we are using the bracket that was the developed by the official Office NBC Twitter, which is at the Office NBC, or you can look up the hashtag Office15 because this is the 15th anniversary of the release of the American version of The Office, and they developed a bracket of the 32 top episodes of The Office of all time. And we are going to go through tournament style, and each episode of this podcast, we are going to break down a matchup. We are going to talk about the uh, plots, plot points and the characters of each show, and then at the end of this episode, we will take a vote, and majority rules, we will give you our winner who is going to advance in the greatest office of all time tournament. In the first matchup, we are in the Michael Scott region of the tournament. And the first matchup we had was Dinner Party, Season 4, Episode 13. Awkward. Taking on The Client, Season 2, Episode 7. And by a vote of 2 to 1, Dinner Party advanced. Yeah. So the winner of today's matchup will take on Dinner Party in Round 2 of the Michael Scott region of our tournament. And the matchup we've got today is from Season 2, Episode 11, The Booze Cruise. This is a good episode. And from Season 5, Episode 26, Casual Friday. Mm. Interesting. So, so, Jessica, when you think of Booze Cruise, what are some of the things that first come to mind when I mention that episode? Um, I don't know for sure, because we've watched it now. But when you first mentioned it, before we watched it, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh yeah, I love Booze Cruise. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's very sad and awkward in a lot of places. Will, what do you think about when you think of Booze Cruise as an episode? Uh, Booze Cruise kind of stands out to me because it is an episode where a lot of things happen with Jim and Pam, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into. Uh, It's also, like Jess said, it's a very awkward episode. It's a Michael Michael heavy episode, and Michael is kind of being a dick. Yeah. This whole episode. <laughs> I had that in my notes that Michael is being very season one-ish yeah. in, in this episode. Uh, season one, Michael, is very hard to... And we talked about that in the first episode of the podcast. Season one, Michael, is very hard to kind of like. And we see a lot of season one, Michael, come back in this episode. Like, I'm your party captain, too! Uh, dancing is a primitive art form of <laughs> expressing yourself with the body. And then he talked about uh, the people uh, in the uh, furnace of the, the boat singing their ethnic <laughs> songs. And then reference, of course, Daryl, because he's African-American in the warehouse. Right. Uh, and then, of course, there's the uh, whole scene where he tells everybody that the ship is sinking because he's trying to motivate them as part of his speech. And uh, some guy actually jumps out of the boat. <laughs> uh, funny little segue, actually, really quick. That I've been talking to a lot of people lately who haven't watched The Office, and I got a couple people at work to recently watch it and start from the beginning. And they, they're like, I we almost didn't make it through the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just because Michael's so hard to to like, mm-hmm. and he's such a focal point. 
I just thought that was pretty funny because now, what is this? Season 2, episode what? Uh, season 2, episode 11. Season 2, episode 11, he's kind of bringing back that whole first season, well, Michael. When, when I tried to get Jess to watch The Office with me the first time, I kept telling her, I said, you got to get through the first season. you got to get through the first season. And she almost didn't make it. Right. Because of just how difficult it was to, to just handle Michael as as a character. He was just he's just very difficult early on uh, to like. But you see in these two episodes here, by the time we get to episode five, there's going to be a point that, that I'm going to talk about where you do see a lot of growth with Michael. And it's kind of interesting to compare episodes from like episode two or from season two and season five and see how the characters have grown in that time. So I, I think if that's more interesting than if we looked at, say, two episodes from season two, you wouldn't see a lot of character growth. But when you compare three years down the line, you, you can see how the characters have either gotten more prominent roles on the show or actually have grown as uh, as characters. Yeah, that's why I like this uh, this bracket setup. It's nice to have the comparison between two, like two different episodes from two separate seasons. So the Booze Cruise episode, we start off with a pre-credit scene. Uh, by the way, this episode aired January fifth, two thousand six, and we talked in the first ep- in the first episode of the podcast about the pre-credit scenes and about how sometimes they are a little lackluster and sometimes they knock your socks off. Sometimes they relate to the story later on in the episode, and sometimes they don't. And this one, we get a very memorable one where all of Dwight's uh, desk uh, items have been put in the vending machine. (laughs) And then there's a, a nice little back and forth where Dwight is convinced that Jim has done it because I know you're friends with the vending machine guy. Who, Steve? Who, Steve? (laughs) I just love just that little that that little tiny uh, back and forth between them, and of course Jim is the nice guy and gives him gives Dwight the bag full of nickels to uh, buy his own wallet out of the vending machine. Uh, but the, the premise of this episode is the Dunder, Mim- Dunder Mifflin staff is going on a mandatory booze cruise to hear Michael give a motivational talk. I guess they do this every quarter, and. Michael is giving the the crew some uh, hints about where it's uh, where, what they're going to be doing, and he's really trying to throw them off the scent. He says, "Bring a bathing suit, but also bring a coat, bring a toothbrush, bring a ski mask, bring a ski mask." So they really have no idea what they're going. And the thing that that I caught that I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Kevin is over in his corner of the office, and he whips out just an enormous pack of condoms. No, I missed that. <laughs> he just has, it's it's like 15 to 20 condoms, and he just kind of smiles at the camera, like, as as if Kevin is just going to go on a, a a debauchery spree wherever they're, they're going to be going. Okay. But the, uh, the actual uh, outing is going to be a cruise of Lake Wallampompek, which apparently is a real lake in, uh, Pennsylvania? in Pennsylvania. And they're going, of course, in January because it's cheaper. Exactly. <laughs> of course. And, That's why uh, they need the ski masks. I, I guess. And the toothbrushes <laughs> and the swimsuits. 
That's because uh, it might be overnight. You never know. So Brenda from Corporate is there, and Brenda is a character that we don't get to see again. I don't. I don't think. Is there a reason why Brenda from Corporate is there? I never really got. No, I don't remember. No, they never really say anything about her. She's just kind of there, and I think what she's doing she's is she's evaluating Michael. So she's like observing Michael to see if. Maybe uh, maybe because corporate pays for these quarterly retreats. Yeah, I guess that she has to. I kind of want to see if it's legit. Um, fun fact, or there's actually a couple episodes later on uh, when Jim, when Pam is planning the wedding, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But he actually sends Brenda an email, like asking oh, really? her out on a date. Oh really? Yeah, it's okay. what's the thing they do. Like she never responds to him, obviously, but yeah. So uh, one fun fact I found about Brenda, she's another one of those characters on The Office where the character that they play is also the first name of the real actor or actress. I don't know if you ever uh, uh, noticed that, like uh, Phyllis and Creed, uh, all... Jim that, and Pam. No, no, no. Toby. No. Yep. <laughs> Michael, Michael, definitely Michael, though. But Phyllis uh-huh. and Creed—that's their—that's their real first names. Uh, a lot of the guest characters on there, uh, I remember uh, later on, like uh, Dakota Johnson from the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. She plays a character named Dakota on there, yeah. and later on in the show. But Brenda from uh, Corporate is played played by Brenda Withers, who is actually Mindy Kaling's best friend in college. Who? But yeah, who? Mindy Kaling. Uh huh. Is an actress. Yes. On The Office. Kelly. Okay. There oh. you go. Yeah. She wrote a book. Okay. Jess, Jess I'm very proud of you because normally you don't know. Is, it, is she like the Mindy Project mm-hmm. too? So see, yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Her name was in the title of her show, so. So uh, Kelly Kapoor's Kapoor. best best friend in. Real College is uh, played played Brenda on this episode here. She seemed kind of boring. Well, kind she of a boring best friend. Kelly's a lot of fun. Yeah, and she was dressed like J Lo, according to uh, in uh, our second episode mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about, <laughs> according to according to Aaron. Uh, but uh, back to the booze cruise, Daryl. There's a, a, cute, a cool little scene where Daryl, 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 Daryl. Not that one. Oh. Where Michael is trying to compare the office to a boat and Michael is trying to say that the sales department is like a part of the boat and Daryl very wisely points out that why don't why isn't the sales department like the sales of the boat and he says how about the sales department is the sales and Michael does not understand he just says very condescendingly yes Daryl the the sales department does make sales (laughs) So Daryl gets this very, uh, very witty uh, response to, to my, you know, and a very like honest, you know, trying to help Michael out in in this time, and Michael just kind of shuts him down like as if he's stupid because Michael doesn't understand uh, the level that Daryl is functioning on in this scene. Uh, we get Purse Lady again. Yep. Uh, AKA Katie. Lois. Played by Lois Lane, a.k.a. Amy Adams. And this is the third and final appearance by Amy Adams on The Office. 
And at this point, she is Jim's girlfriend. And Jim brings Purse Lady, a.k.a. Katie, on the cruise with him. And I had in my notes here, when we uh, get to the cruise, like I said, Michael's very season one-ish in this episode, where we get the, the captain of the ship played by Rob Riggle, who you've probably seen in tons of movies and, and tons of TV shows. He's you know, kind of a, like an everyman comedian now, who's actually a former Marine, uh, although he plays a uh, former Navy captain in this episode. But Michael is very put off by uh, Rob Riggle's character, a.k.a. Captain Jack, isn't he? Yeah, and... We keep talking about Michael's very season one-ish, but I don't think it was entirely his fault. This guy, the captain, Jack, he just was a dick. I'm also your party captain! He was, he was poked at Michael captain. needlessly. <laughs> he was just like, I'm going to belittle this little man and make him miserable the whole trip. But yeah, I think it, Michael... Wasn't very good a, customer service. I think Michael makes the comment later on. He's like, I guess it's not very corporate friendly. Mm. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of people that are battling for, like, uh, top, top douchebag in this <laughs> episode. Right. We've got Roy. We've got uh, Jim a little bit Yeah. in, in this episode. Jim I, wasn't very Jim in this episode either. Jim was very off his game. In, in this episode, but oh, was, but it was sad, guys. It was. It was sad. Be, yeah, but this he didn't have another, to be mean to Lois. Yeah, this is going to be another uh, Jim <laughs> Barry episode. Jim episode oh, of the no. Goat Podcast. Unfortunately, I think. First two. Uh, like we said, uh, Michael, I'm your party captain too. Michael's dancing. Michael's uh, just being early episode Michael in this. I think, uh, really quick, one of the, my favorite parts is, like, when they're in the conference room together, and he's explaining, like, the scenes from Titanic. Yes. And Jim's like, what? Are you, are you sure you got the right name? Yeah. He's like, I, he's like oh, Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, mm. Does, Pam, that doesn't sound familiar. Pam says, are you sure you don't mean the hunt for Red October? He's like, no! <laughs> That's great. Yeah, just messing with him. Uh, there's a interaction between uh, Roy and Katie, a.k.a. the purse lady. Lois. When all four of them are, we've got Jim and Pam and Roy and Katie all sitting at the, the quote-unquote cool, cool table at on the boat. And it just really seems like Roy and Katie should be together. Did, did anybody else pick up on that? Yeah. It just seemed like they were just like perfectly made for each other. The they, jock and the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they were wanting to get all drunk and the, you could tell they were they attended the same kinds of parties when they were in high school the t- and they and they kind of still want to attend those kinds of parties whereas yes. Jim and Pam are, are a little bit more relaxed at this point but there was just I just that that weird interaction between between Roy and Katie it just kind of made me think that maybe they should have been together uh at this whole time, we know Roy grows later on in the in the series, but at this point, they seem like they're they're perfectly made for each other. Uh, we still get some more hints of Angela and Dwight and their secret romance. There's the one little scene where Dwight is air quotes here steering the boat, uh, where the uh, captain of the ship gave him the fake responsibility of of steering the boat. 
which I guess the the steering wheel is just kind of a um, prop, a prop photo op <laughs> for people to take pictures at. What do you do with a drunken sailor? You send them to the front of the ship. Do you want me to run a ground woman? <laughs> well, Angela, com- yeah, Angela comes out and says that she wants to. She, why don't you come inside and talk to me? Why don't we hang out a little bit? And Dwight, being Dwight, takes his responsibility very uh, seriously and n- needs to keep uh, the ship on a straight course. But he completely abandons his post later. I'm sure he turned it over to somebody like Kevin or <laughs> Kevin. Well, you know, I. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. There was there's a scene later on where they're, they're all at the, at the bar, bar yeah. and he's just in there. Yeah, I'm Dwight like, oh. says that Captain Jack let me steer the ship for the last hour. So, <laughs> he just took a break. I don't know. Maybe set up like one of those clubs. Remember the club that you put on like your steering wheel to like keep people from. That's to keep him from stealing it. it. Doesn't steer the ship. I mean, might keep. I'm it. sure it works the same way. Yeah, I'm sure you could no. probably rig rig something up. No. Uh. The big thing in this episode is that Drunk Roy, inspired by Captain Jack, finally sets a date for his wedding with Pam. And this was another, just another part of the, the weird interactions between Jim and Pam in this episode. It was like super awkward between them. There's that, that awkward scene between Jim and Pam on the, on the deck where... Jim really wants to to let it all out. Yeah, he, he really wants to let everything that he wants to say has wanted to say to Pam for the last few years. And Pam seems like she kind of sees that. Yeah, see that irritated me too. I'm like, the only reason she would react the way she did and like run away mm-hmm. is if she kind of knew what he was gonna say. But yet the rest of the show we're supposed to think she doesn't but i mean also too like it seems like she wanted she wanted him to say something mm-hmm. because she's sitting there and she's like she's like she says something about roy how i guess i just don't understand him mm-hmm. or he doesn't get me or whatever the, whatever she says and then she waits because she i think she wants jim to agree to, like, to either agree or admit to something mm-hmm. and he really wants to and I think that's one of the most heartbreaking moments of the show is he's just sitting there and you're like, oh, like just say something. Yeah, I think there's like 28 seconds of silence between the two. Right. I think I saw that as one of the, the anecdotes for the episode. I, I'm a little upset with, with both Jim and Pam at this point because Pam leans very heavily on Jim. And I think Pam kind of knows how Jim feels. Uh, kind of to your point, Will, that that you just said. But it seems like she kind of almost leads him on a little bit. Am I, like, off base with that? But that doesn't no, that fit sense. with the rest of the stories. Explain that. Well, just like in later episodes, she she's more clueless. and uh, I don't know. She's got to know, though. And and in this episode, I think there's proof that she's got to know because when Jim can't get the words out, she kind of cuts it off because I think she's kind of worried that she it kind of went too far at this point, and she says, "I'm cold, and you know I'm going to go in." There's there's another episode, and I can't remember if it's before or after this, 
where uh, Pam jinxes yeah. uh, Jim, mm-hmm. and yep. they're sitting at the table, and she's like, "What do you?" She's like, "It looks like you want to tell me something," and he like sits there, and they have that really awkward pause mm-hmm. again. He's yeah, like, "Boy, really, do I ever want to tell you something." She yeah. really pushes pushes him too. It's like, you can tell me anything, Jim. It gets real serious, mm-hmm. and then again, she seems like she knows that she went too far, and she kind of pulls back and. Right. Yeah, see, I'm very... That's what upsets me, is that she's also very flirty. Mm-hmm. And she, she, knows, she knows that she is. But she's got a she's got a relationship to fall back on, you know? And that's kind of not fair to Jim. Not even fall back on. She puts that one first mm-hmm. most of the time. And then, well, then the other thing that I had in my notes is that she complains so much about Roy and complains so much about Roy to Jim. But did you, how excited she was when, when Roy set the date for the wedding, when Roy mm-hmm. drunkenly gets on the mic and, and sets like, June 10th or whatever. You know, let's not pretend that, that Pam isn't in love with Roy at this point she's very excited or is she just excited to or is she just relieved at this point am I misreading it well she had that conversation with purse girl Lois about she's like oh I would love to be engaged and so I think she went from a really low point there where she was Pam was like ugh don't ask me because there's no end in sight we've been engaged for three years and so they went from that immediate that low point immediately to the scene with him proposing or nearly immediately and and so it just like swings up she's sitting there kind of thinking to herself this is never going to happen what am I thinking and then he does it it's just such a Oh my God! It just happened. So Will is is the bar set? Does she ha- does she have the bar set so low for Roy that when he actually does something, even though it's it's brought on with by alcohol, that that she's just way over the moon of, of it, just because of how low she set the bar for their relationship. Yeah, because then once you see after they set the date like she's all about wedding planning and getting everything going and all this stuff after we even with all of the negativity that she has surrounding roy and that she i mean she has a ton of doubts Mm -hmm. surrounding him consistently and she probably thinks that she shouldn't marry him but as soon as they set the date like that completely wipes away everything and then she's all about planning the wedding um and then like even even before he set the date, like she was like questioning everything. Right. It's, but yeah, that bar is super, super low. I think well, that that does just kind of spur her on. We did hear about their first date. <laughs> yeah. The bar can't be high. No. 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 When you when you start off with the bar like literally laying on the ground, you know you can't. There's nowhere to go but up. I think they actually dug a trench. Unless you dig a trench yeah. for the bar for the bar to go even lower. Right. So this is where Jim gets, uh, Jim's very down at this point. Just, you know, he wasn't, he didn't seem like he was super excited about the whole booze cruise thing in the first place. It's just not really Jim's thing. But when the wedding date is announced for Pam and Roy, I think Jim kind of gets this feeling like, you know, I always had a chance. I always had a chance. I always had a chance. And now that chance is gone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now there's like a clock ticking. They have a date. Mm-hmm. 
it isn't just Bray doesn't just say, "Hey, let's let's do this. Let's set a date." He sets a date. It's not let's go home and look at the calendar and talk about it and pick a date. He just sets it. Well, this is what angers me about Jim in this episode. Will you can you can uh, chime in? Uh, Jim is just a at this point he's just a huge douche to Katie, and you know she's she seems like she's very into Jim and and she's looking at Pam and Roy and says, "Do you think that'll ever be us?" And Jim just says, "No." No, oh, yeah. that's never yeah, going to be us. And, definitely. And she kind of calls him on the fact that he's been acting weird all night. And he said, you know what? Let's break up. You know, couldn't even wait until the end of the cruise. Couldn't even wait until the night was over. Nope. No, that that did that rub you the, the wrong way the same as it did for me? I mean, honestly, looking at it, like, you don't really think about it until you rewatch it. And then you're being, like, you're being critical about sure. the episodes. But... But yeah, like he's he's a really big douchebag in this episode, uh, to her specifically, because um, their whole relationship is weird to begin with. I think if you go back a couple episodes to uh, the the one where they have the party at Jim's house, mm-hmm. like Ryan asks Jim something about Katie, and he's like, "Well, I don't know. I really haven't talked to her lately." And Ryan was just like, "Well, cool. Do you mind if I call her or something?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we'll talk about that later." And now at the Booze Cruise episode, they're apparently dating again, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like – I don't know. But yeah, but like he's he's kind of a dick, and yeah. he's just like, no, we're never going to be this. Let's break up, even though they know that they're going to be cruising around this lake for the next <laughs> hour or two, which you see later on. Yeah, and you can't even, can't even go outside to like get away because it's no. just freezing cold out there. Although Jim does go out again just because I think he can't take just the uh, – you know the tension, the tension that's that's yeah. in the in the cabin at that point. I I don't remember specifically what from their first meeting, but I I just remember thinking he, she was always a ploy to try and mm-hmm. get Pam jealous to see if that would work. Or maybe it's it was like just he was kind only interested in her when it was in front of Pam to to just kind of see maybe like just testing the waters. Hey, if I'm with this girl, how does, yeah, she, there was... how does Pam feel about this? There was something from the purse episode, and I don't know if that one's on here or not, but um, I think Roy comes in and says something to Pam. That sets Jim, and he just, like, walks away and goes and talks to Katie. Mm -hmm. And then from there, kind of does it their own thing. Yeah, or even, and it might might not even have been, and it might have been part, part, you know, trying to make Pam a little jealous, but also part just trying to move my focus to something else yeah just just a fun distraction you know not right. like i see a you know a long-term life with the with purse girl but you know it just something to kind of take my mind off things for a little bit well i also feel that well once pam and roy are re-engaged because um, the first I, one didn't count the first one didn't count that's what roy <laughs> said <laughs> and and that window was kind of closed for him I feel like that's when he was like, okay, I don't need you anymore because mm-hmm. obviously this isn't working. I didn't make her jealous. She's going to be with him. I don't need you. And she just kind of dumps her right there. If, if she was a distraction, then he should have kept her around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. For more distraction. Well, we kind of wrap up the episode here. Michael finally decides that he has to give his speech. He needs to. That's what the whole reason he came here for. And he tells... 
everybody on board, including the non-Dunder Mifflinites, that the ship is sinking. But he was thinking, metaphorically, the ship is sinking. What would you do? And one guy just lifts up the the seat, grabs a life preserver, and jumps out the window. And I don't know, this is the second thing I noticed about Kevin that I don't know if you guys noticed. But Kevin actually kind of tries to stop the guy. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. It's No, no, it's fine. Now, this is very early Kevin. This is season two Kevin. I think later on, Kevin might have been right behind the guy jumping out the, the boat. But at this point, I think Kevin still has a little bit of common sense. I think his character would evolve later on to be like the lovable goof. But at this point, Kevin kind of actually tries to turn around, if you look closely, and talk sense into this stranger before he jumps into the freezing lake. Daniel, what else do you see if you look closely in this scene? Um, Is it Kevin wearing a beanie? No. Yeah, I saw that. Does Kevin have his condoms out? (laughs) No, not Kevin. I don't know. Meredith? Oh, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah. Meredith, who just had a uh, a tryst with uh, Captain Jack in his in his cockpit. Yeah, where they <laughs> actually steer of, the boat, for lack of a better term. And Meredith comes back just wearing a life preserver, <laughs> nothing else. I think she had bottoms on. Uh, well, she didn't have bottoms on in the other episode we're going to talk yeah. about today. So, <laughs> uh, very uh, Meredith this doing Meredith things in these two episodes. So, uh, Michael gets in trouble for his his actions, and he gets uh, his hands zip-tied together and put outside. And then Jim, for the second time in this episode, goes outside and has, you know, kind of an important scene. And he confides in Michael that he had a crush on Jim. Or that Jim had a crush on... (laughs) Jim had a crush on himself. No, Jim had a crush on on Pam, and still does, by the way, and it's more than a crush, he's very much in, in love with her. Yeah, I think it's even, you know, step above smitten. But Michael finally gets to be, kind of give a little bit of a motivational speech mm-hmm. in, in this scene. I think it was kind of cool that Michael finally got to motivate somebody a little bit, and his exact words are something like, uh, BFD... <laughs> <laughs> engaged ain't married and right. I, I I watched when I watched this episode this, both times I laughed and I kind of looked at Jess to see if she was laughing at too she didn't really care for the BFD line <laughs> but uh, you know Michael's saying you know if that's if she's who you want if she, she's who you love if she's who you want to spend your life with don't give up on it you know it's not over yet they're not married yet you know don't give up and Jim, who would normally kind of push away Michael advice, yes, as he should, in this one, he kind of takes it to heart a little bit, and I think it picks Jim up a little bit. Did you guys see that as well? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I like this storyline. I like, I mean, if on the surface, you're like, oh my God, why did you tell Michael? That's yeah. like the worst thing ever, other than Kevin knowing a secret. Michael knowing a secret is like the second worst thing ever. Um, but I like that storyline. I like the way it plays out. And and this is, speaking of storyline, that 
that scene right there plants seeds for many episodes later on yeah. with Michael knowing about Jim's See, feelings. See, that's what I mean. Pam. I like yeah. where this. I like how this goes. Yeah, in the it, future, it very much so. It it it, it is the uh, the very beginning of a long and continuous story, and that happens a lot in this show where we have certain characters that know secret arts. secrets. <laughs> Uh, or as uh, Daryl would call it, sneaky sneaks. Uh, secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. As <laughs> we the, learned that from a stripper. The stripper <laughs> said one time. Uh, uh, go ahead. This is, that, that's actually that when that whole scene with Michael and Jim. That's actually one of my favorite Michael moments mm-hmm. in the, the entirety of the Office. Um, it's just it's just a really good scene, and it's just it just shows you because Michael's being season one Michael the entire episode. And then it just kind of shows you that it kind of brings you back and shows you that he's not just like this over the top guy that he's got some kind of like he's got a heart and mm-hmm. and he actually cares about mm-hmm. his employees. He does um, as as more than just employees, but like a family and whatnot. And I, I love that. that 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 scene. It's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, it's very cool to see. It's very cool to see things that make you like the character, because early on in the show in the show's run it's kind of hard to those moments are kind of few and far between so it's really cool to see michael you know kind of humanized at at times Uh, a couple things about the episode before we talk about our uh, our competing episode today Uh, i read a little anecdote that said a real january booze cruise on lake wallenpawpack would be impossible because the lake is frozen and all boats have to be removed from the lake by the uh, previous October. Maybe back then. But now we got global warming, so I'm sure it's yeah. fine. Uh, it's ca- fine. Captain Jack in the episode said he was the captain of a PC-1 Cyclone uh, ship in Desert Storm. Uh, Desert Storm, I believe, was 1991. But Correct. that uh, PC-1 Cyclone boat wasn't even commissioned until two years after Desert Storm. Well, I said in the beginning Captain Jack was a dick Well, Captain Jack also offers to marry Roy and Pam on the boat And Michael, I'll also marry you as regional manager at Dunder Mifflin (laughs) But Captain Jack offers to marry Roy and Pam on the boat But Pam did not want to do that, why? Because she wanted her mom and dad there. She wanted her mom and dad to be there. But later on in the series, where do Jim and Pam get married? On a boat. On a boat. Uh, on are, a her, boat. are her parents there? No. They are not. No. So, how about that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. All right. But so that, that was plan B. So that was Booze Cruise. Um, let's talk about the competitor today, Casual Friday. Season 5, episode 26. Oh, a cu- I forgot to get a couple more notes here. Uh, many cast members actually got sick filming this episode because it was filmed on a real boat. Uh, and uh, BJ Novak's character, Ryan, uh, the idea came from him because he had a friend who actually went on a booze cruise and he was telling the story to one of the writers and then he used that information to write the episode. I want to go back. There was a scene I just totally did not understand. So Michael got seasick, and, which was only for like a few minutes of the entire cruise. He got over it real quick. He's taking apparently. medicine, Jess. What does that He's have to do Vomacillin. with anything? Vomacillin. What if you if you get seasick? Why would why would it matter that you're taking medicine? That, that's what's making him seasick. 
It's the vomicillin. Yeah, it's the... Oh. <laughs> it's the side effects of the vomicillin. So on the bottle it said avoid sea yeah, travel? Yeah, Or if, may if cause at all si- possible. sickness? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Casual Friday. Season 5, episode 26. The pre credit scene is another one of our favorites of the uh, pre credit scenes. Probably the only reason this episode is on the list. Just for this pre credit scene. Hot wow. take. Wow, that is a hot take. Like that's that's like, oh you gotta do the chili. I guess the chili I, episode. And it's not even the episode. I guess we know it's why casual Friday. I guess we know what Jess is voting for already. Jeez. I do love the chili. The chili so, one's my favorite. So Kevin goes into this big diatribe about his famous chili. It's probably the thing I do best. It's handed down from Malone's from generation to generation. And apparently they told the actor, uh, I forget what his name is, but they Kevin. told... It probably is. Uh, they told the actor that he had three takes to get this done and he nailed it on the first take. I don't know how you could get three takes to do this if there's chili just... Well, they the had three tubs of chili. <laughs> okay. But they would have had to, like, clean the carpet and, and redo the... Yeah, it's probably those things where you just pull the squares out and put a new square in. Gotcha. Well, well Kevin gives, gives this whole long story about his chili and how he undercooks the onions so everybody will get sick and they'll get to, you know, be best friends because they'll be, uh, get to know each other while they're on the toilet, presumably uh, suffering from intestinal... Uh, distress? Not no, what he says that's at not, all. That's not what he means. I think that's what he means. Everybody no. will get to know each other in the pot. <coughs> I don't think so. Everything they're, will cook they're cooking together. together in the pot. I don't think so. I think he, uh, I think he want, He's he's planning for everybody to get a little uh, no, a little squirty. No. And uh, so. okay, well that's just my opinion. Uh, Kevin's disagree. Kevin's, Kevin's famous <laughs> Where did you chili. Even get this. Hey, my mind works in weird ways. Uh, But it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the episode, but Kevin eventually spills the chili all over the office. He's almost swimming in it. And one thing that I notice about the Kevin Chili character and then also the Meredith Dress character later on, uh, both of those characters have been turned into Funko Pop figures. (laughs) Meredith, Meredith with her boob popping out. And then uh, Kevin with the pot of chili. Ew. Are both of those little snippets from th- that weren't even that you know big storyline-wise from a show that was on the. The, the chili air for wasn't so long. in the storyline. It's not in the storyline at all. <laughs> that there were you know that for a show that was on the air for so long, for both of those to be picked out, it just I think it just speaks to. You know how memorable some of these uh, scenes and some of these characters are, but uh, this uh, episode takes place around the time of the Michael Scott Paper Company storyline. Will, what are your uh, uh, opinions of the the Michael Scott Paper Company storyline, where he branches off and makes his own paper company and eventually comes back? I've heard some people say that that's some of the their favorite episodes because. It kind of you kind of get to see some of these characters in a different light, particularly Pam and Ryan. But there's a, a lot of people that don't like those episodes. What are your opinions on those? Um, I actually I really like these episodes. This is one of season uh, season five, mm-hmm. is it? Yep. Season five is one of my favorite seasons. 
uh, just because there's so much stuff that goes on. Plus, you know, Idris Elba was in those Michael Scott Paper Company episodes. Oh, I hated, I hated him. Yeah. I hated him so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I and like. I guess it. that was the point. But yeah, I like, I like those episodes. Um, I think they, they have a lot of plot lines in between every single one of those episodes. Um, it kind of sets up a lot of things going forward. But I'm on the side of, of liking those. So kind of the point of this episode is that Michael, along with Pam and Ryan, the uh, only two people that went with Michael to form his own paper company when he was having uh, issues with the new management coming in, per, uh, especially Edris Elba's, Elba's character, uh, who's now gone. And we don't, I don't think we see him again until the company picnic with uh, the volleyball game. Correct. But Michael is now back at Dunder Mifflin, his uh, small paper company having uh, been bought out by Dunder Mifflin. And this whole episode, he is fishing for an apology from all of the Dunder Mifflinites who did not come with him. Yeah, he feels very wronged Mm -hmm. by them that they didn't abandon Dunder Mifflin and follow him. But the... The rest of the crew, the one that Michael is hoping to get the apology from, has a very different attitude, don't they, Will? They do. Uh, they believe that Michael wronged them and that he owes them an apology and he owes them all their clients back. Right. Uh, Michael apparently stole you know, a bunch of clients, undercut Dunder Mifflin with, with prices and used some of his connections to steal clients away. And that's kind of the whole undercurrent of this episode that Michael's feeling like he was wrong because his family that he cares about did not come with him, but his quote-unquote family feels wrong because they felt that Michael was, Michael thought he was was going after corporate, but he was really hurting his uh, subordinates in the process. So Michael is now back at Dunder Mifflin and, like I said, fishing for an apology because no one came with him. There was a weird interaction between Pam and Phyllis when they're both wearing the same outfit in (laughs) in the break room. And it seemed like they were going to be kind of nice to each other, but just Phyllis really turns on the the vile and the the vigor in that scene, doesn't she? (laughs) Yeah, not just that scene, like... The whole episode, she's really got it out for Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, close, she, she, close your several mouth, times, you look like a trout. Yeah. <laughs> and several times she's like, you took, you gave my clients to the secretary. Mm-hmm. And she throws right. the secretary word out several times. She is, she's, she says the secretary, but then she says to Jim, oh, she's very pretty though, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dwight's like, her face is okay. But... <laughs> Um, this is, it's just a very weird dichotomy between, you know, us kind of like, cause I didn't really see why Phyllis was upset at first either. So I was kind of blind to that kind of like Michael was until it took Michael a little longer than it, than it took us because we get sure to see the, it did. We, well, we get to see the secret meetings and things uh. like that. So we get to know yeah. things that, that Michael didn't know. Otherwise I probably have no clue. We don't know what you're thinking because you thought that Kevin was trying to give everybody food poisoning. Way off on the chili thing. Just undercooked (laughs) the onions a little bit. Now, now Dan, how would you go about making uh, uh, Invisible Ink? 
Um, well, there's a lot of, uh, I, thank you for asking, there's a lot of schools of thought for uh-huh. Invisible Ink, but I've found that uh, the best way to... Easiest uh, way? Easy, and I would say the most effective way is just lemon to use... Uh, no. Um, you don't always have lemons, Will. But you always uh, have urine. And that, I mean, that's true. <laughs> Mike, uh, uh, Dwight makes a... a He's trying to get all of the non-Pam and non-Ryan salesmen because they are they they were salesmen for Michael Scott Paper Company. They're coming back as salesmen. Ryan's mm-hmm. not the temp. Uh, Pam's not the receptionist. So all of a sudden, secretary. Sorry, all of a sudden we've got a lot of fish in this pond and not a lot not enough uh, clients to go around. So Dwight devises a secret letter. Where he disguises it in the form of a uh, memo. Memo, thank you, to uh, the the sales team, and they have to apparently apply heat to it so that the secret message written in urine would come out to have a secret meeting in the warehouse. Oh, and no, I thought it was to put all of their files in reverse alphabetical order. Uh, well, yeah. uh, Andy does do that. And uh, Stanley just says he's not going to do that. And nobody figures out that they're supposed to be having a secret meeting in the... Because nobody would think to... <laughs> heat, heat up a memo. He said, right. heat my advice or heat my warning or something like that. No, and Daniel, then he does that. He st- spits on Stanley a little bit. <laughs> Daniel, I did ask you to test this. Did you Did you test it? I did. Yeah, I just, is that how you wrote all your notes? Yeah, all, all my notes are all the good notes are written in urine. I don't see them. Well, you gotta you gotta heat my advice and uh, add a little. I I just see black ink on that paper. Um, so we just we need to hold up to the light bulb or something. Oh no, just you breathe heat on it, it up. Just breathe on it. Oh, like Nicholas Cage and <laughs> <laughs> National Treasure. I don't really want to get that close to it. There's a your your uh, soaked paper. Well, there's, I, I there's a very me. there's a very pivotal or pivotal uh, Meredith scene in this episode too, mm-hmm. uh, where she's down in the warehouse <laughs> and she thinks that there's a dog fight going on yep. down there. She is not a salesman. She should not be at this meeting. But she saw a crowd gathering and thought that maybe on the off chance that a dog fight would be breaking out. So. I, uh, I, Meredith is very uh, into dogfighting, apparently. I feel like that really kind of stood out in the entire episode. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those scenes where it's just kind of like, you're know, like, oh, Meredith messed up. Well, this is where we, that secret meeting is where we really figure out that they are very upset about not getting their clients back. And even, even Stanley, who normally doesn't really care about anything that Dwight is doing or any of the shenanigans... He even lets out, I do not like it. <laughs> Stanley is, is upset about it. And Jim, trying to be the voice of reason, says, why don't we just kind of go talk to Michael? Which Dwight pretends to go along with, but doesn't really... He's not going to use the advice of Jim. And then Jim has to go up and kind of clue Michael into what's going on, because Michael's kind of being a little bit of a jerk with uh, favoring the uh, two people that went with him to the Michael Scott Paper Company. Yeah, they're having a... Their meeting is not really secret, but they're having their own meeting. 
and we like won't even let Jim in. He's like, no, no, you can't come in. And Michael's got paper company only. Yep. Right. And Jim tells him, you might want to kind of cool it with that because like, that right you're there rubbing is what a, we need to talk yeah, about. We're rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. So this kind of sends Michael and Pam and Ryan. Uh, Ryan up against the rest of the sales team. And Jim, of course, doesn't want to be caught in the middle. <laughs> so this kind of sets Jim off on his own little side story with Jim and Creed, which I absolutely love. Will, can you yep. tell us a little bit about the uh, the Jim-Creed uh, dynamic in this episode? Uh, so Jim goes into the break room, and Creed just so happens to be in the break room. Um, and he says something to him, and I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's actually kind of like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that's what I put. I said, I put in my notes, Creed's making sense. <laughs> yeah, Creed makes a lot of sense in what he says, and I wish I kind of knew what he what he says in that moment, but he's just like, do you want something about, like, sometimes you just need to stay, stay out, out of it. it. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like, yeah, so we asked him if he wants to play a game. So they <laughs> sit down to play a game of chess. Why not? Uh and for some reason, oh, and Creed's wearing his, it's casual Friday, by yep. the way, so everybody's dressed up in their, their outfits. Creed's wearing, like, this very fine white shirt. I put that Creed is dressed like a cult leader. <laughs> he is. And they sit down to play uh, chess, and I think Jim describes it as a dream he once had. Yep. Where he's playing chess with Creed in the break room. And losing. And Creed is, and losing. <laughs> Yeah, Creed is like 10 steps ahead of him. You don't want to do that because I'll do this. You don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to do that. This just kind of shows you like the, the beautiful mind that Creed has going on. And then we even have uh, them playing Scrabble later. And right. apparently Jim's getting his butt kicked by, by Creed. So I just I just loved... I love when, when Creed gets little moments like that. I love when some of the ancillary characters... You know, they don't have to be the, the total focus, but I like them to get a little bit of shine. I think that, that was the perfect opportunity to kind of give us another side of Creed that we haven't seen before. There's a part later, too, where uh, Creed's just like, hey, listen, you know, I want to set you up with my daughter. And Jim's like, well, I'm, I'm with Pam. He's, he's, and Creed's just like, well, I thought you were gay. He's like, well, then why would you want to set me up with your daughter? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> uh, just great stuff from, from Creed in this episode uh, but we get a moment of realization uh, shortly thereafter Michael who had won an, an apology from his crew this whole time but by stealing clients to Michael Scott Paper Company from Stanley and Phyllis and Andy and Dwight he really hurt his family, and there's that moment where, where Phyllis kind of calls him out on that. He said, you always called us a family, and you thought you were going after corporate, but you came after us. And, and I was very proud of Michael in this at this moment for recognizing that. I guess he, he could have just like stuck his feet even firmer into the ground and says, no, you're the ones that wouldn't come with me. Yeah, you, you abandoned me first. But Michael realizes that yes i always consider these people my family because i don't have a lot of friends i don't have a lot of family i always consider them my family and i didn't realize that i was was hurting them at that point so michael we get a a lot of growth from him in this episode uh from where we saw him in season one to where we see him now in season five that he is genuinely sorry 
and really feels bad for, for what he did uh, to uh, the rest of the crew. Although, even after he apologizes, he does kind of say, is there anything you want to say back to me? <laughs> He's still kind of fishing for the uh, little bit of, uh, of an apology there. But I-, I was proud of Michael. That was, uh, like Will said in the, in the first episode we talked about, you love seeing moments like that where it, it makes you like Michael, you know, where he realizes that, yeah, maybe I was kind of a jerk and I'm going to try to make up for it. Although they don't really want an apology, do they, Will? No, they just want their clients back. They just want their clients back. And they, they don't want his white chocolate bark either. <laughs> You're the only one who likes that. They wouldn't make well, it if nobody liked it. Exactly. Stanley. So, uh, you know, it it sucks for for Michael because of, of his loyalty to uh, Pam and Ryan. But after he gives the clients back to Stanley and Phyllis and Dwight and Andy and I, and I guess presumably Jim, he probably they probably stole some away from Jim as well. There's not room for both Ryan and Pam. And Ryan and uh, Michael has to either let Pam or Ryan go from the sales team, which really sucks for him because he was he cares about them so much at this point because of how loyal they were to him with the whole Michael Scott Paper Company venture. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but no. Pam went with him. Mm-hmm. Ryan was unemployed. And he no, was working at a bowling alley. Oh, okay, at a bowling alley. <laughs> Making $60,000 a year. <laughs> That's true. But he didn't leave Dunder Mifflin to go with Michael. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I don't don't feel that that's equal to what Pam did. Well, we have kind of a, a funny scene between Michael and Jim outside where Michael is kind of <laughs> confiding in Jim and looking for his advice for who he should fire. Of course, Jim is leading the conversation toward firing Ryan because he defrauded the company and he's he definitely stole my iPod. But though. he's pretending <laughs> he's not. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really close with Ryan. Well, but then he says only really, bad things. You're really close to Pam, too, eh. Jim. Eh, she's eh. <laughs> but Michael is, uh, you know, he's obviously trying to steer Michael toward Pam, uh, keeping her on his uh, sales, of course. But he's just saying the truth. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's but, not like he's like making things up. Well, maybe the iPod Michael's thing. so iPod Michael's thing. so infatuated with Ryan, right? That he doesn't. He never. He doesn't see the bad sides of Ryan, and you see that later on too, uh, in like the Wolf episodes and stuff, where he's just he's so <laughs> hell bent on on just being in Ryan Ryan's corner and being Ryan's friend and all this stuff that he he takes so much convincing for him to not give ryan this job yeah it was uh you know it was it was kind of weird i thought that that he was so you know ryan's my number one choice i'm i I think i'm I'm leaning toward ryan but you know now that you you say that that he's just always had that thing for ryan you know even all all the way back to the desert island episode where i would definitely have sex with ryan (laughs) you know and then uh in his journal uh, when the uh, they were <laughs> when they were doing the uh, uh, the legal battle with Jan and and the company and they get, and they find his journal and they find that uh, he has this infatuation with some woman named Ryan. Yeah, she's really just hot like and just super like hot. 
<laughs> just yeah, just, only just like Jan, only hotter. Uh, but we finally, at the end of the episode, get our answer. Uh, Ryan leaves Michael's office, and then Michael calls Pam in. And Michael fake fires Pam. And this is not the first time that he has done this to Pam. If you remember all the way back to episode one of season one, hmm. one of the very first interactions we get between Michael and Pam, he has Michael has Pam in tears because he fake fired her and... She called him a jerk, and he said, well, I don't know about that. But we get another fake firing here, Will, uh, although Michael quickly is laughing, and Pam takes this fake firing a little differently than the way she took the first one, didn't she? Yeah, I think she's used to it by now. Mm-hmm. I think she's used to Michael is just uh, is all about the uh, all about the show. Mm-hmm. So, so when he starts laughing, she's like, kind of like, oh, yep, I mean... That's that's Michael. Mm-hmm. Like he does that stuff, and then go and then hugs him. At, and the first time she, he fake fired her in season one, episode one, she storms out of the office and calls him a jerk. But right. she's and she's probably also very relieved and very excited that you know the, when she first got fake fired, she really had no reason to think that she was going to get fired. Here she you know there's a fifty fifty possibility that she was going to be without a job and they're trying to start a family and you know this budding relationship with with jim and she had kind of finally got out of the receptionist you know uh act and was finally you know moving on to something a little bit more meaningful and so we assume and then we also find out that we didn't get to see it but apparently he fake hired ryan as well yeah so told Ryan that he had gotten the job and then laughed it off and said that he had not gotten the job. So I would have loved to have seen that scene and seen how that worked out. But you can just kind of let your mind uh, create your own, uh, you know, the picture of that scene in your mind, I guess. Leave it leave it up to your imagination. Uh, like I said, this is the second time that Pam had been fake fired back in the pilot episode. And uh, the other thing that I noticed is that Casual Friday meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, We had Meredith with the very short dress that exposed not only her breasts, but also uh, uh, lower halves of her body. Uh, We find out that she uh, is not wearing panties, according to Kelly Kapoor. (laughs) Meredith, where are your panties? Oh my god, Meredith, where are your panties? It's Casual Friday. Is out. So uh, Casual Friday means a lot of different things to different people. Apparently to Oscar it means that he can, he wore sandals and that upset Angela because she had to look at Oscar's feet. But yep. I thought it was funny that Dwight's idea of Casual Friday was just his regular outfit just without the tie. Right. And, and Angela's idea of Casual Friday was her regular outfit but she's showing her elbows. Yeah. <laughs> Normally you don't get to see her elbows, but now you get to see her elbows because it's casual day. But other than that, it's it's uh, you know just the same outfits that they normally wear. And I read we that. To, Go ahead. We get to find out a little bit more. I don't know if this was in your notes or not, but we get to find a little bit more about Toby's past life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he talks have, about how he that. was he was in the seminary mm-hmm. and he was going to be a priest, but then he met a a, a woman. They just and really wanted to have sex with. Wanted to have sex with her, so he quit. <laughs> He's like, so, you know, my calling has always been, there's never really been HR. <laughs> no, I don't have a passion for HR at yeah. all. No, that's true. Uh, there's, Toby is very 
uh, tired of dealing with all the complaints about Casual Friday, and then he tries to uh, de-institute it at the end of the episode. Has Casual Friday ever come up again? Because I, what I was reading online is that some people were upset about the continuity here, and that we never see Casual Friday in any of the other episodes. It's, we, it's mentioned a lot. Like, it, it's mentioned in an episode like a while before that. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's ever mentioned again. Also, too, Andy's wearing a shirt that says, Ass me about my butt. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. That's uh, that's very clever. That's very clever, especially yeah. for uh, for a Cornell guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anything else you guys want to say about the episodes, or are we ready to uh, discuss our picks? No, I think we're good. All right, so let's take a little break. We will be back in just a minute with our votes for who's going to advance in round one, the Michael Scott region, in the matchup of Booze Cruise versus Casual Friday. You were a queen And I was your servant Traveled to lands we've never been My love for you was fervent Final segment here on the GOAT Podcast, the greatest office of all time. And ladies first, Jessica, or do you want to go last? Last. All right. Ladies first, Will, who are you Uh, picking in the matchup between Booze Cruise and Casual Friday? And you can just tell us your picks, or you can go into your thought process behind it. Uh, Well, my pick is obviously the the Norwegian uh, Mountain Goat. Um, I've always loved this goat, and you know, I just wait. Are we not? We're not doing the oh, goat. Oh, fainting again? goats. The fainting uh, goats are adorable. I mean, that's fine. We're not. But what as about I told goat you yoga? In our first pot, first episode of this show, it is not uh-huh. about goats. You just said goats. You but did say goat podcast. Goats, the animals, and I told you that, Will, and you seem to be with me that you had understood. But then you did ask me to explain it to you like you were five. So I thought we were having a casual conversation about the office. I got a whole book of notes about goats in front of me. So, uh, but no, I digress. I say save those, save those because they might come up later in a later episode. It'll be a new, it'll be a new show. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the client, or not the client. That was last that episode. Was the last one. Um, I'm gonna go with Booze Cruise. Interesting. I prefer Booze Cruise. Um, I think. What did, you, I, what did you like about Booze Cruise over Casual Friday? Because they're both pretty strong episodes. I think there's a lot. I think it was the same way I felt about the dinner guest one or the dinner party one, where uh, there was a lot of storyline that kind of involved itself in Booze Cruise. Uh, not necessarily the funniest episode, but um, you see a lot of back and forth between Jim and Pam. And then it sets up further storylines with Roy and Pam, and like I said, it has my favorite, one of my favorite Michael Scott moments of all time between him and Jim. 
Uh, it's just all around. I, I do prefer that episode a lot more than Casual Friday. So uh, Will is going with Booze Cruise. Uh, my vote, this was a tough one for me because I really enjoyed both of these episodes. And there's probably going to be a lot of, of tough decisions for us to make as we go on in this tournament. But I am going to make it difficult for you, Jessica, because Uh-oh. I'm going with Casual Friday. Uh-oh. So uh, Jessica's going to be the deciding vote. But for tie me... Tiebreaker! Tiebreaker! For me, Casual Friday just had so many memorable things for me. And maybe... You just like the pop figures. <laughs> maybe that's kind of unfair of me to kind of go by like big, big moments. But the from the chili to the uh, interaction. I told you the whole reason that the episode's in there is because of the chili. The uh, interaction between uh, Jim and Creed to uh, Meredith, I thought was a, was just a star in the in this freaking episode. And I think some I think the thing that was kind of the tiebreaker for me here is that Booze Cruise just has so many unlikable people in, in that episode, you know? And it's not just the people, but I guess it's not... I guess I'm not saying I don't like the people, but I don't like the actions of the people. Like, Captain Jack is is a douche. Michael, until the very end of the episode, is a real douche. Uh, even I'm your party captain! <laughs> and I can marry you as... Regional manager Dunder Mifflin, and I think that you know Jim is is very mean to to Katie. Roy is at his royest in in this episode, uh, the Booze Cruise episode. It, it's just it's a lot of people that it, that's very hard to, a lot of people doing a lot of things that are very hard to like. Even I, Dwight in that episode, he was kind of snarky to Angela, and then he kind of flip-flopped on Michael mm-hmm. and kind of went to Captain, Captain Jack's Jack side yeah. a couple of times and that really just, you know, set Michael over the edge. But I, I think in Casual Friday, you get to see a lot of people star in different ways in this episode. From Kevin in the in the pre-credits to Meredith with her wardrobe malfunctions. Toby gets a big uh, role in this episode. We get to see a lot of Creed in this episode. We get to see a lot of the the the, the kind of supporting characters kind of step up in this episode. And I think that's what kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Was we get to see a lot of different people highlighted in a lot of different ways. And I think that's what made me like the Casual Friday episode a little bit better. So I apologize for... I disagree with you, Will. I know you and I are normally in lockstep, so I hope. I just hope it doesn't affect our friendship. As Michael oh, Scott would say. Oh, it definitely does. Oh, okay. Well, Jessica, you've got the deciding vote here. Who is going to advance in the uh, Michael Scott region here, the first round, and who is going to go on to face dinner party in round two? Well, I think you're both going to be a little unhappy with me. She's I'm, not going to pick either one. She's, she's, I'm going to pick a draw. If that was an option. Um, as I mean, I didn't not enjoy these episodes, but I wouldn't have picked either of them to be on this list. I didn't. Whoa. They're, they're both not favorite episodes of mine. Not even in the top 32? I'm sure mm. I can find other episodes. <laughs> She's like, I can find 35. <laughs> I'll find something. Um, yeah, I didn't like the booze cruise. It was just too, like you said, awkward. And same reason I didn't like the dinner party was it's just I just don't like that 
I don't like seeing my characters that I like doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I get it that we have to do it for story arcs and whatevers, but it's not as enjoyable. I do like how it sets things up for further story arcs, but I just didn't like it that much. And then the same thing with Casual Friday. There was a lot in there that I didn't like. I thought the Casual Friday thing was kind of silly. I'm going to get the Merida thing. That was kind of perfect for her. And the Angela thing. But other than that, I'm like, what is any... Nobody else would really complain about what other people were wearing. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was kind of a stretch. Maybe they wanted to do the storyline just for those two, the Angela thing and the Merida thing, and they're like, uh, how else can we make this work? But I felt like it was a stretch. And then, you know... I don't really like Ryan, so I don't like seeing him in the position where he's one of the he's good blonde? guys. You like blonde Ryan? No, no, no. Don't like blonde Ryan. Will to me, Ryan is like Jan, only hotter. Uh, you know, <laughs> did you just come up with that? Yeah, yeah. Patent <laughs> pending. Patent pending. Can you put a patent on sure. that? Sure. Yeah, just your it. opinion. You can put whatever There's you want. There's multiple different Ryans throughout the entire uh, series of The Office. There is. Uh, do you prefer Hipster Ryan, uh, Blonde Ryan, Bearded Ryan, or Temp Ryan? Ryan does have a lot of... Ryan kind of runs the gamut of uh, of characters. He's, he's like kind of like the like your... Uh, like creating your own character on The Sims or something like yeah, that. Yeah, your avatar. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to go with blonde highlights. No, I'm going to go with a beard. No, I'm going to wear a business suit. So Ryan and Michael have like opposite story arcs. Like you can't stomach Michael in the beginning, but Ryan's okay in the beginning. And then by the end, it's just like, oh, he's awful. He's just the worst. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he's the worst. He is the worst, babe. Uh, we haven't even got into uh, he makes D'Angelo Kelly Vickers. break up with... Daryl, just for the hell of it. Yeah. He he types out the text for her. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's the worst. We'll, put, we'll hit send together. God. So you're going with Casual Friday slightly? Slightly, okay. yes. Casual uh, Friday slightly. So the Rhino connection here. It was a little less painful to watch. The husband and wife team, uh, team up on Will Lewis and secure the victory for Casual Friday. Woo! Boo. Will, I'm assuming has uh, this is this will be your last episode of the uh, Goat Podcast, right? Uh, I mean, you keep you you keep bringing up you keep you keep saying goats. Mm-hmm. And you we're told him to save his notes goats. for the goat one. So well, yeah. you never know when we're going to need them. You know, if we you know expand the the podcasting network here and end up you know do, going into the animal kingdom a little bit. I was gonna say if we're in if we're in quarantine for like another year, we're gonna have to come up with a lot more different podcasts. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just, I'm just gonna be looking around the the room like oh a box of clean like let's do a Kleenex podcast. The uh, tournament of puffs. the tournament of the facial tissues. Ooh. <laughs> you could do like the ones with the lotion, the ones with the cool touch. That'd be like public service right the, there. The antiviral ones. People need to know what yeah, the best tissue is. That. That's so, true. Not that they have options when you go to the store you just have to take whatever's on yeah, the shelf in a, in a pandemic because... you use whatever you can yeah um, we're we starting to get like weird weird brands we've never heard of now <laughs> they're just sending us anything like uh uh virex <laughs> tissue and there was some like there was someone that we got in the other day it was toilet paper it had uh what's the the lady from world war Two where she's She's flexing her bicep. Oh, uh, Rosie the, uh, uh, Rosie the Riveter, yeah. 
Yeah, she's on the front of the toilet paper thing. Huh. Don't know what brand that is. Like, but you bought it. This toilet paper no. is as tough as me. Uh, apparently. It's as gritty as my personality. Hmm. <laughs> Ew. Oh, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, man, you gotta, gotta gotta go with what you can get. Well, will you you test it out, Will, and we'll discuss it on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so the toilet paper podcast. Yeah, toilet mm-hmm. paper. We'll talk toilet paper. We'll talk goats, and we will talk the facial tissues. Uh, next uh, facial tissues, and we'll also talk the uh, next matchup in the search for the greatest office of all time. Right now, we've got two shows or two episodes that have advanced. We're going to have Dinner Party taken on Casual Friday in round two. But next week, we're still in round one. We're still in the Michael Scott region, which is uh, the top left corner of your brackets if you're following along uh, with the tournament bracket, either on, I believe it is uh, The Office NBC on Twitter, or you could uh, search for hashtag Office15 on Twitter, and I'm sure the, uh, and we'll post it on our uh, Twitter as well. But you can uh, find the, the tournament bracket and follow along with us. On Twitter, we are Goat Office Cast. G-O-A-T-O-F-F-I-C-E-C-A-S-T. And you can email us, goatofficepodcast at gmail.com. If you've got any questions or comments, and we will give you a shout-out on the air. Uh, will Lewis is at Willistein on Twitter. Uh, if you want to hear about... Um, being depressed and about working at uh, retail and about goats. Follow oh, along on Twitter. Put your goat info on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, put your goat stuff on Twitter. Like every day, just there. throw out a, a fun fact. Random goat Exclusively fact. goats on my Twitter account. Nice. Uh, Jessica is at Jess Rhino on Twitter if you want to get all her latest book reviews. Uh, I am at Dan Rhino on Twitter. I mainly just use it to promote all my different podcasts. Uh, you can catch Will and I on the Rhino Wrestling Review, which is going to get back into the swing of things now that uh, I've hopefully defeated COVID-19. We can get back into uh, our regular uh, wrestling uh, podcasting schedule. And you did it! We did it. Woo! And, and you can follow Jess and I on uh, Broomsticks and Butterbeer, which is the chapter-by-chapter discussion of the Harry Potter uh, saga. Because most of you have a ton of free time right now. Yeah, so not will, but I don't know what you guys. The rest of the world. The Rhino Podcasting Network coming at you hard with RPN. Three different podcasts here, so keep you entertained during this stay-at-home order. Sort of entertained. Keep you mildly entertained. So for anything else to do. For it's just background noise. Jessica Rhino, for Will Lewis, I am Dan Rhino. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We will see you next time. May all your days be Pretzel Day. Aw, bye. Uh-huh.